What's up, everybody? Welcome back to What We Do, episode 10. I'm here with Justin and Dakota of Juicebox Archive, the presenters of the Philly Vintage Flea, happening on October 23rd at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center. What's up, fellas? What's up, bro? What's up? Awesome to have you guys on right before your, your next event. Yeah. This is pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, I just kind of want to get started. Like, when did this idea of the Philly Vintage Flea pop up for you guys? You want me to go, Justin? This is your second time going, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is actually our our fifth flea, though. Okay. Right? Yeah. Five. We had yeah. three at the gym. Yeah. Uh, no, we had two at the gym. Oh, we had two. Two so at the gym. So this is our fourth Our flea. fourth, yeah. Okay. yeah. But it kind of, like, uh, the precursor to that is, like, when we kind of started this, uh, we held pop-up just for us yeah. at, like, his gym, too. Okay. Yeah. And then we had uh, a bunch of people show up to it, and that's how we met a lot of, like, guys like Casey, Ben and John Supply, um, yeah. All these guys, then like we're like, you know what? Let's do one. Let's invite a bunch of the Philly area, um, yeah. like vintage heads. And we had like thirteen. Uh, I think it was thirteen on the first one. Yeah, uh, vendors come through. That went like extremely well. Like we were mind blown. Yeah. Um, then that just turned into we did another one. We used like more of the outdoor space. We were able to fit like twenty six vendors. Well, we had no choice. Yeah. Like so. It's kind of so. It's a it's a CrossFit gym, right? That's uh-huh. the gym I own, and it's, so it's a big open space. And it's kind of funny because, like, people that go to the gym are like, what the hell is this shit? You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, the owner's selling T-shirts this weekend for, yeah. like, three hours. And um, so, yeah, the first one was was cool. We invited a bunch of people, anybody that we kind of knew or talked to. And then COVID hit. And we were like, all right, we got to do another one. And uh, we threw together the next one. And, like, so many people wanted to vent. Yeah. And it, it was, like, honestly, it was, like, over uh, overwhelming because yeah. – um, you know, we just didn't have space, so we had to open up like the whole parking lot to it. It was crazy, man. People couldn't park. Like we have like a hundred and something spots, and they were full. Like nobody could park to people, even come. Yeah, people were sit like they were telling me they were waiting like an hour yeah. for like somebody to pull out of a spot. So like the complex where his gym's at, there was a parking lot all the way around the building. Like that was all packed, and that was the first time we realized like we had people traveling like two, three hours to like come to the event. We were like. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy stuff. Sorry. But it, it all... <laughs> holy stuff. Holy shit. <laughs> holy shit balls. It all really, like, spawned from the fact that we wanted to just sell shit, right? So yeah. it was like, okay, we did our pop-ups, and we did pretty well, like, friends and family, and then, you know, we put a little bit on an Instagram, but we didn't have any followers at the time, so not a lot of reach. But, you know, the more people that you could partner with, the better chance you have more people showing up, making more money, and uh, and it's fun, you know, because yeah. you're chopping it up. And, you know, the thing is, is the type of vintage that we all sell is, like, pretty specific to, for the most part, T-shirts, yeah, you know? Sure. And so, like... Uh, getting a bunch of guys in there that were selling t-shirts too it was it was just a little bit more specific for better for us for a flea than like maybe one where you know you have a couple people selling t-shirts somebody doing arts and crafts somebody doing something else um so that's really what happened and then after that event at the gym it was so sketchy um, I was like, all right, we gotta, we yeah. gotta do uh, something bigger. He got in trouble with the township. It was, it was <laughs> no, a no permits. Yeah, yeah, they were. Like, I mean, they were just like, what, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and they didn't like say anything, but they were just like, we can't do this without telling us. Um, and then I wanted to do the expo center, and Justin was like, nah, man, let's do another one at the gym, bro. Yeah, I was like, because we were literally going from that space of twenty six vendors and uh, the hall that's like forty thousand square feet. I'm like. So we, the, from the first one to the next one, we've, we like doubled yeah. um, in growth. And then going to the FLIA, like we'd have to quadruple yeah. like what we had there with vendor wise and all this space. Like, and even the vendors. It's nerve wracking too, because sure. you, you got to facilitate something that like 
everybody's going to enjoy these vendors. If they're going to pay for something, they have to make money. That's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, dude, we could get vendors because um, people are always willing to vend, but it's like we would feel terrible if people paid for a spot yeah. and uh, nobody showed up. Mm-hmm. And then the thing was like, well, we had to charge for spots because the expo center is so expensive, mm-hmm. you know? So it was like, it was kind of it was kind of scary. Yeah, you know? it's not cheap too to like get that place either. It's so there's a big overhead for us. So yeah, we were putting that money out. We're like, all right, we might never see this money again. <laughs> like, yeah. let's take a shot. You know, it's sure. a shot in the dark. Yeah. But, but like, we just have to like the Philly community too. Like from the rip, like embrace those two people showed out for us, yeah. and like we're we're extremely happy to like put on for them. Yeah, um, yeah know, I mean, uh, we were we were talking about it before. The Philly vintage community is. You know, I'm biased, but it's the best community. Um, and, like, it's just fun to be able to do something where, like, we can all get together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of feel like, look, we run the event, but I feel like it, it's really all of our event, you know? Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, we're going to do it every three months. And the idea is that we all come together and, and hopefully it's not just a fun time, but, like, it's just a nice way for all of us to move some T-shirts that we're looking at looking us up you know yeah, yeah. for sure I, I think i think the the flea or any sort of event the big draw is like right now where we are we just had profit on last week talking about you know vintage stores in malls and stuff yeah. we're not at a point where people can have access to large amounts of vintage and actually see and like yeah. hold them and wear them and try them on yet so like these events are so important because a lot of people are not at the point where they can have their own store or yeah. retail where there's just not the you know the demand of for vintage yet to like have that many retail stores in the area but that's why these vintage flea events are so important because people see all this stuff at once and they're like well i love vintage i'm gonna make sure i can get out there on the 23rd to go see all this because you know three months from now is my next chance to go do that you know for sure definitely i think like the the whole process of buying vintage is different and I, i don't think vendors realize it's different for the person who just like appreciates having 15 t-shirts and isn't like this insane collector or yeah. somebody who collects and then sells, which is pretty much what we do. We collect and then things that we don't like, or when we get bored of them, we just move them or we put them up for a price that like, all right, we are not, right. we're not rich. Right. So even though I love this shirt, if somebody pays me $1,200 for it and it's a big profit, yeah. I have to sell it. You sure. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the cycle of life. I just have to fucking deal with it. And yeah, I yeah. appreciate that almost, you know? It's a price you can't say no to. Yeah. hundred percent. But like, you know, we can easily go on someone's Instagram and buy a t-shirt and then sometimes they come in and it's like, eh, you know what, it didn't fit the way I want it. It doesn't look the same way I want it. And all right, cool, we'll move it. You yeah. Know? We'll sell it. But, you know, if you were buying like a $300 t-shirt and it's your, you know, one vintage pur- purchase and it yeah. comes in and it sucks. I mean, it's not like uh, Lululemon, you can't just like return it. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. So um, I think it's just way better to buy vintage in person. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 10,000%. Like, if you think about it, like, four years ago, people would travel, like, six hours to just go to round two in, like, Virginia. Or 100%, and yeah. The one in New York just yeah. to, like, purchase vintage in person. Yeah. Yeah, now that you put that in perspective, I mean, that is a huge change now yeah. nowadays. I mean, because that's, that's around when my dad got me into vintage. Like, you showed me the show, and I was, like, watching that and all, and I ended up going to school in Virginia for a year and, and getting to go to round two RVA before it got I know. destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that at the time was like the only thing to do. Like you could go to Mr. Throwback and go see stuff in New York, but even his store was like a lot smaller than Round yeah. Two's was at the time. Um, and nowadays, it's one so so much more popular. But I think people are also in it for so many more different reasons than just like I want to, you know, see this stuff. You know, I, it's people they're huge collectors now with like yeah. 
very intricate collections yeah. that maybe beforehand people didn't know about or didn't know yeah. they had access to. Like you guys were talking about it. You're fairly new to Instagram with yeah. vintage, right? Like yeah, you guys yeah, were yeah. on Instagram before, but like just found that this community kind of existed. So yeah. imagine how many other people, you guys are obviously still early adopters to this. How yeah. many other people still don't know? And yeah. we feel so late to the game. For sure, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the IG game for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, because we've always loved vintage and we've been selling it on like Grailed and eBay and stuff like that. But we, right. we didn't realize there was just like this community inside of the community that uh-huh. was in, in Instagram, which is, uh, it's kind of great. It's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of crazy. Well, we talk about a lot on the show of kind of what the future is. I mean, obviously there's still people out there who have these, these vintage pieces that are very, mm. you know, sought after for us that are sitting in their garage or in their, in their attic and they know nothing of its importance or like value at some point eventually that's going to kind of slowly trickle over to the fact where everybody knows what this is worth and so i think that progression you were talking about is still going to keep going throughout the years like i wonder in in five years from now what is going to be the thing that kind of like you know how are people purchasing vintage then how are they collecting how are they thinking about stuff then maybe vintage clothing could bring back uh malls in america maybe i don't think so could they save the malls i don't i don't think i think it i think they would bring something different that wouldn't be a mall yeah i think that storefronts are really tough it's definitely doable if you can get one for a really low lease yeah but like uh if, if it's I mean, you think about like vendor fee for one flea, let's say it's like $200 and you make, let's say you sell, it depends, you could sell like $1,000 and, and yeah, uh, get, get up to four, maybe five, but like, you know, lease is a lot, a lot harder. I don't think people are making $1,000 in sales a day at their, at their shops. Like if there was a, uh, it, right now there's not that many storefronts, but what if there, what if we were all, what we all had storefronts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be hard. You yeah, know? but if you could get something for a really low lease, then I think yeah, no, it's mm-hmm. definitely worth it. Um, I don't know, man, where it's gonna go because it's hard to find the stuff that you want if you're not in the community. Like yeah. if you're a specific collector, you you know we get a lot of stuff from other collectors now. Before people, before it's on Instagram or you know, there's a lot of people. That, honestly, we get a lot of people that hit us up now that don't have an Instagram that are collectors and are like, hey man, I'm buying an apartment. What do you think for these five t-shirts? You know, mm-hmm. and we get steals on stuff that's worth a lot more um, because they force us to buy. <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure. It's like a trade-off, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, there's absolutely a lot. I mean, that happens at events as well. The interaction between sellers is, I think, a lot higher than there would be at a lot of other conventions. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, a comic book convention, you might be going and looking at the other comic books they have, but like people were selling merchandise or memorabilia. Like, the collectors aren't going to that booth, you know, but yeah. everybody at the Vintage Flea is going to check out everybody else's booth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would almost 100% guarantee it because yeah. I've seen how the flea works sometimes. And a lot of, a lot of goods are changing hands between vendors yeah. as much as anybody who comes in. For oh, sure. Of course. That's one of the best parts about vending, too, is you make some money and then you can go, you see some stuff you want. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a black hole. I, <laughs> I, it's true. You could lose all your money, dude, too. Dude, I always leave with less money, even though I sold stuff, you know? But, but it, it is cool. It's like, fun. I love yeah. I love getting stuff off the homies, too. Yeah. 100%. The, the idea with the fleet, too, is, you know, it's still early. Like, this is our second one at the Expo Center, and the community is. is kind of following but when we start to get more people from the outside and it could be something that you know 
like, and I think uh, our vendors see this and the people in the community see it, but it could be really, really big for all of us because if there's a place where like every three months we know we could make, you know, as more people start coming and buying more vintage from us because they heard about it, maybe we'll start every, every three months you make four grand. That's pretty good supplemental income, mm-hmm. you know, for one day out of those three months. Yeah. You know, it's like four days a year. It could be a game yeah. changer for the whole community. And the fact that, you know, it, there was little fleas and stuff like that and there was a few others people doing it, but doing it on this scale like i'm hoping that that's what it ends up being and uh, it's like just a norm you know and everybody in our community in the philly community knows like hey look at least every three months i know i'm gonna i'm gonna hit you know and yeah pay rent <laughs> yeah know? could you talk a little bit more about kind of the the experience from a vendor's point of view like how do they kind of get in contact with you and then yeah. on the day of the event what's it like uh so the way we do it and since it's new it's really just been like you know, we put up the link and then just put an Instagram story out. But mm. we might have to start changing it at some point if, because uh, vendor spots do sell out pretty quick. But pretty much, they just click our uh, Eventbrite link and buy a spot, and then when they're sold out, they're sold out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think like as it goes on, you know, we don't want to like, I don't, I don't know how we'll do it. I, I, I guess we could always just do first come first serve like sneakers, you know. Sure. Like, um, but I would love to be able to do like a raffle or something, you know, or. You know, I guess we could get a bigger spot, but like I was telling you, you know, you get the bigger spot and add vendors and it's just that much more competition for sales. For sure. I just at some point, I think it's not fair to the vendors. It always seems cool to be able to say like, dude, we have 7,000 vendors, but you need, you know, 500,000 people to show up for everybody to make that grand or four thousand dollars that's going to make the vendor fee worth it and the day worth it so like what's the fatigue on the on the buyer going to be like if they come in and walk into that many vendors how yeah. many are they really going to look at it becomes you know way mean? too overwhelming for them yeah 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 i mean we've definitely like when we were doing our pop-ups and it was just us you know we we did really well because people were only looking at our sure. stuff you know yeah. and we've gone to fleas where the vendor lineup is phenomenal and it's hard to make sales because there's just so many people with great things that, you know, people are just a little bit more, um, uh, you know, they're only going to spend so much money on the day and, you know, it might be one t-shirt and now you're competing with like 50 other people with amazing stuff. So, so there's a balance there. I think that needs to be Mm -hmm. struck and I'm not sure that, um, other fleas are doing that and, or aware that, if they watch this, they will be. But we definitely are, and that's something that we're keeping in mind, you know, as yeah. this thing goes on. Def- definitely like a buyer to seller ratio that you, you yeah. need to hit. We're going to figure out the formula and the ratio, and then we're going to uh, yeah. we can make some money off of that. So yeah, that. Sure. <laughs> The goal right now is, man, we need we, we want to get as many people possible to come in. Like last flea, we had 1,000 tickets sold, which is pretty good, you know, but uh, I think this one will be more. I would have to think that we're going to have a lot of repeat people and then people that are new, just like we did the first time at the Expo Center. So, you know, I'd love for us to have the same Expo size place. It's like 40,000 square feet. But, you know, 10 times the buyers, it'd just be, that would be epic. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, is the vendor list completely vintage? For the most part, um, yeah. Yeah, no, it is. We do, um, we do vet some of the vendors, like... I check out the Instagram and if sure. it's like I notice that they don't really fit in with what we're doing and we do kind of say hey look I don't think you're gonna like you're just not gonna do well at this fleet it's, yeah. it doesn't go along yeah. with what we're doing which we're, makes sense I mean that's tra- kind of your job yeah we're yeah. transparent with them like hey you're more than welcome to uh, but uh, just yeah. like forewarning you yeah but for this one we did have a few vendors that are doing things a little bit outside of the box and I really dug what they were doing and I thought 
it would be cool to bring them in. Yeah. You know, have someone doing something just a little bit different. We got uh, a lot more girls' clothes. We had some people um, selling girls' clothes at the first one, and it wasn't really fair to them because they only they didn't have many women coming. I'm hoping now more do. I mean. Girls buy vintage just as much as guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's not fair for it to all be wrestling tees, you know? <laughs> and we have so many for people sure. selling such good wrestling stuff that we don't necessarily need more wrestling tee vendors. Yeah, you know? sure. So the one thing I did notice balance. about the female vendors, uh, and like what they brought, like uh they had like anything you would need if you were a girl outfit wise. Mm-hmm. Hats, uh shirts, pants, dresses, blouses, <laughs> like you name it. Yeah. They touched they covered every base. And like uh Nothing against like the males, but like most guys, like 80 percent of what they have is gonna be like t-shirts too. So I, I found that like very interesting. Yeah, what I've noticed from women vendors on Instagram is they're way more fashion oriented than the dudes are. That's yeah. the best way to put it. Dudes are stuck on like their favorite sports team yeah. and, and band. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. we're just simple creatures. At the <laughs> we end of the we day. are, dude. I'm so happy you brought that up because that's an interesting thing for me. Like as I've gotten into vintage, because I've I've kind of battled with that, right? Uh, there. There's no doubt that I like the movie, like, um, I have a backdraft t-shirt. I like that movie, you know? But it's not really the most fashionable t-shirt to wear, you know? So there's always that balance where um, sometimes I do, you know, I I do want something that I'm putting on my body to have some sort of, like, style to it and look cool. And, you know, as we're we're kind of evolving in our taste and stuff, we're we're kind of blending that a little bit more than we used to. If it was a backdraft draft t-shirt that like looked really cool had this great fade it it wore really good would look cool with jeans and a biker jacket leather jacket that might be something but now we might actually pass on like the you know dead stock backdraft t-shirt mm-hmm. yeah even though we like the movie yeah so. you definitely love to see that i want to see people's uh i mean i i certainly have a long way to go with my fashion taste evolving from just blink 182 t-shirt yeah nah, dude i'm in the same boat. <laughs> yeah but like i mean wear what you love true i, mean, I said yeah. it to everybody we wear what we love and yeah. it, it like it permeates for everything too. If you've like a, a good sense, good taste, like people see that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm definitely not. I mean, we're not the most fashionable dudes on earth. But sometimes you go to the flea and it's like there's an outfit, you know, that everybody wears. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second, we all got into this because it was different, and now yeah. we all look, look exactly the, same the same again. Yeah, <laughs> it's generally like the most expensive T-shirt you have, Jordan ones, you know, um, some sort of like Eric Emanuel or like. Patagonia shorts and you know I know it's like dude you're in you know I know I have a feeling for like October if it's a little chilly I'm gonna see a lot of Carhartt jackets you're gonna see a lot of Carhartt and flannels a lot of flannels yeah but the thing is I do I mean I like I like it but yeah I do like to be different too yeah yeah We'd love to see Mr. Throwback in a full full gamer as well. Dude, last weekend at East Coast, he was rolling around with a uh, Rough Riders like leather vest. It was, I don't know. There's a, someone had a picture of it. Uh, I wish I would have saved that. It was hilarious. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's always got to love that too. Yeah. Um, all right, for sure. You guys brought some stuff, right? Yeah. Let's let's check some stuff out. Well, you go Where you guys want to yeah. start? All right, cool. So, I wanted to bring things that like I don't think a lot of people have seen. For sure. I think that's fun. Um. I think that's another thing with vintage, right? Like, sometimes with the hype of a certain T-shirt, there's some that are just always good. Like, I'll always love that Wu-Tang shirt. But sometimes it's boring to see the same hyped-up shirt, you know? Yeah. Um, So I want to bring some things that I just, like, I think are super rare. So, like, here's one. This is – I got this from uh, Dead Union, our friend Kirby. He has great taste. And this is not, like, a normal hyped shirt, so – it's got it's from the it's got to be like 80s 
It's got the uh, don't worry, be happy on the front. You got shot in the forehead. Nice. And then on the back, you got the bullet hole. Oh, my God. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> that's cool. And it's like the wear is perfect. It's just a cool looking shirt. You yeah. know, it's not um, it's not like something hype, but it's different. Yeah, absolutely. I, this design is everywhere, but it's like one of the coolest. I think just like the way this T-shirt is, it makes it so cool. It's definitely my one of my favorite shirts to wear. Yeah. Which is um, surprising sometimes because people always think I just wear like we have a lot of expensive T-shirts and. You know, it's not always the ones that make it into my draw. Yeah, know? yeah. I've always been like that too. I, I I've always liked the weirder shoes growing up. Like yeah. everybody had, you know, the popular shoes, and I was like, I want to get the weird ones that like <laughs> nobody really knows what they're called, and like yeah. no one knows what's going on. Same thing with tees. Like stuff that's just like off the wall strange is yeah. like my kind of stuff. Yeah, I dig that too. You know, just being a little different, doing your yeah. own thing. Um, should I, you want to show one now? Oh, you go for it. You're on a roll. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, this BC, BC Boys stuff, I love the BC Boys. Their shirts aren't always amazing, but, you know, I appreciate them. But this one is super rare. You just never see it. Um, oh, so on the dope. front, yeah, the Hello Nasty on the front, you got, like, the faces, which I just think is crazy, you know, like Death Row style. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the way that they're, like, yeah. it's all white. It's the faded. T-shirt just makes you go like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's dope, man. And then on the back, you know, you got the the – tour dates and stuff but the color you know it's yeah. like front's black and white and on the back you got like the cool color yeah, yeah. I, rem- I remember when uh you got that someone traded that to you for something else yeah and when he turned around i saw the back and i was like no way that was on that t-shirt <laughs> i got that shirt from uh uh mike um black caviar vintage and he um we did a trade because i had a salt and pepper um rap tea which is mm-hmm. real it wasn't like uh like this kind of rap tea it was like uh I guess like a promo type thing, bootleg. But I don't know, it's in the Rap Tees book. Anyway, front is like pretty much like this. It's so dope. Yeah, you see, it has a three faces. And yeah. yeah. Then on the back, <laughs> it's this dude, right, in like these, this like wrestling, like whitey tighty bodybuilder it, shirt. Like a bodybuilder, yeah. Yeah, and he's like flexing, and uh, it says, What a man over the top. Right? Oh, cool. <laughs> so, I mean, dude, love the shirt. The front is so dope. But then, you know, for me, it's like, all right, I'm, I like to be myself and everything. But if I wear that, just dealing with people saying <laughs> shit to me, you know? The worst is it's like the back image, too. So, like, people behind you are seeing that and just being like, what the hey, You can't even see their reaction. Hey, like, you don't know what their deal. faces are. So, so Mike's like, dude, I love this T-shirt, man. It's so sick, but this back is so sus. <laughs> I was like, look, bro, here, here's the situation, like. If somebody, you know, sees me wearing that, they're going to say something. He's like, well, then you got to be crazy with them. I'm like, Mike, I'm not worried about being crazy with people. All I'm trying to say is, you know, this dude's a fucking professional football player. He's enormous. I'm like, if you wear that T-shirt, nobody's going to say shit to yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So if anybody could pull it off, it's you. You know, he's like, cool, I'll take it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I got that. Um, this one's really dope. It's a Short Hills uh, Boys and Men bootleg. You just one of those ones you just never see, you know. It's cool. It's like a it's like a different style of rap tee, but it still has that kind of like cheesy uh, gas station look to it. Yeah, absolutely. And then like I even like the back a lot too. Yeah, for the sold out tour dates. Yeah, colors are cool. Honestly, man, this is I have so many, but this is one of my favorites. This is my last one, but everybody's seen this one. It's the um, Hundred Miles and Running, NWA. But the the thing I love about this is like the wear, the fade. Like I've seen them brand new. And the blue is really sharp. It looks like a complete different T-shirt. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. But with this kind of wear, like it has a nice little hole patch in the front, it just makes this thing like ten times more dope. Yeah. And uh, 
I mean, some people aren't into it, but I don't know how you couldn't be into shit that's just beat up. Even right? the color on the tea itself. So yeah, more. it's like a gray, you know? Yeah. It's just, it makes it, it's a dope tea to begin with, and now it's just like, to me, it's like one of the best fucking teas I've ever seen. What do you do when you're listening? I run into, I run into this a lot. You're listening to a t-shirt and they ask for the color, and like the t-shirt was originally a black t-shirt, but now it's like gray. Now it's gray, like, yeah. Like, do you, do you <laughs> click gray or, or do you click uh, black? Black. Ah, that's tough. I, I, do, I do black, but it's like, I feel like I'm lying to them. I mean, it's... It, could see in the if you can see in the picture, I think you're good. Yeah, you know, if you can see the picture, yeah. like, oh, that's faded. Okay, that's, but that's yeah, it's black. Yeah, but honestly, dude, like this T-shirt, like you have to see it in person. It's one yeah. of those ones when we posted it online, people are like, yeah, it's cool, but it has so much more value in person. Like when mm -hmm. you see it, and that's another reason why vending and stores for sure. Yeah, you know, seeing vintage in person, it's one of those ones when you see it, you're like, damn, I can't pass that up. Yeah, it's something that's really, I, and I we talked about this last podcast too but it's really lost on on kids my age who are like don't get retail experience yeah. like going to stores like i talked about i hate going in most stores yeah. nowadays like because it's stuff that i don't really want to buy anyway yeah. i either have to buy because i need a new pair of jeans or whatever or whatever mm -hmm. but like that at vintage flea or at a, if you are lucky enough to come across a vintage store like going in and seeing that stuff is like a whole new experience for for young people <laughs> like yeah. they don't get that yeah. so like so like i think that's a big thing about the vintage fleas as well that you just a place you can feel like you're shopping but you're shopping for stuff you really want to find you know yeah. it's the ultimate thrifting experience where you've they've all these vendors have boiled down all of the shit out of the pile and given you the cream of the crop to yeah. search through for, for sure, you know man. a couple hours in the day you know, I'll let you show after this. I'll stop. I'll stop talking the whole time. But, you know, the crazy. So I'm 34. And the thing about vintage is, of course, fashion cyclical. But the the concept of like going to a place and seeing some shit that you've never seen before, that used to be the way it was with like retail stuff back in the day. Like, right. You know, I remember being a kid and wanting like a certain Wu-Tang shirt or like, um, like Rockaware and stuff when I was a kid. You know, you, you had to get lucky. Like, you go to your local department store and, like, they probably sold out or don't carry it. It's not like, you know, now online, it's easy to get. And I think that's, like, a big thing about vintage is it's just not easy to get. Like, mm -hmm. if you're rich, you know, t maybe to, like, people that aren't rich, like, a Gucci T-shirt that's $500 is cool. Even if, if it looks cool, it's fine. But it's it's really cool. But the thing is, is, like, it's accessible. So if you have the money, it's yeah. not that cool anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like, dude, I could just easily go on their website. And... It's just you could have all the money in the world. You have to find these shirts. You know, you got to find someone selling it too. It's an interesting cross section between also like being into a cool band. It's sort of like being into cool tees now. Like if you know why a tee is cool and you wear it and everybody sees you wearing it, it's like it's sort of like you know that like one band in the scene that's like yeah. really cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's got that same type of like a uh, sort of exclusive club deal yeah. going on too. Mm -hmm. I agree, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Are you more of a hip hop guy or more of like a? Uh, I'm just gonna use the broad genre of rock. Raised hip hop by my dad for Raised sure until like the last two years of college when I started to shift into more of like a alternative grunge mm -hmm. side of things. Because I mean, uh, uh, you know, early '90s to me is like the best era for music in general. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like where I would come back to with hip hop. You know, I would go back and forth in in time with hip hop, but like then I came back to it and realized all the other music that was coming out from like rock and alternative at the time. And I was like, Oh, that shit like kind of blew my mind. Cause like I, I'd yeah. been listening to it my whole life, but never with like the intention of listening to albums or paying attention to artists yeah. and stuff like that. Same. And so the last two, three years has just been so much fun. Like 
getting into that kind of stuff and yeah. you know collecting the cds that like when i was in high school going to find cds at the thrift i would only look for hip-hop stuff yeah mm-hmm. and i would i would you know probably i probably probably thousands of cds that i looked over because i just didn't know the name on the spine and now i do and i'm like being able to go and find these stuff like with relative ease and i'm like oh this is fun yeah you know again i'm the same way Lo- love rap my whole life and then you know i liked nirvana and stuff but i wasn't like obsessed with them right you know i i liked a lot of their songs but you know as i got older starting to like revisit that stuff was cool because like watching like a, a famous series on hbo that you just never watched while yeah like, dude you got to check out the wire and then you go back and watch same it. thing it's happened like, to me Damn, this <laughs> i is mean awesome. the wire came out when i was like four so i didn't have yeah. the chance the first time but uh yeah exactly like 100 yeah. percent. i'm still waiting to get uh my hbo prescription renewed so uh i can watch the sopranos before the new movie comes out, you've, n- you've never never seen an episode really? of Spider-Man. The movie came out, I liked it, but it's you like it? It's mixed, you know. Like people are mixed on it. It's hard to, you know. Hit does it up. does it feel like it needs to exist? Um, I, I thought it was fun. Yeah, you know, I think that's the thing. Like people, it's that one's going to be impossible to ever hit expectations. Sure, it's like Star Wars, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. You got to go a whole different route with it in order for people to like appreciate it because th- they're always going to want something out of it. Yeah, I hear you. For sure. All right. Yeah. We'll go through your pile? Yeah, we can. <laughs> I've had a pretty cool, like, uh, experience with, like, music. So, I, like, my mom was into, like, I, I just want to talk about having the music part. Yeah, go ahead. So, like, uh, parents were separated. So, like, uh, my mom listened to, like, a uh, ton of, like, 80s um, eighties rock and roll, 90s grunge. Um, and then, like, my, my stepdad was in the whole, like, 70s, like, Led Zeppelin. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, like I was exposed to that genre. Then my dad, on the other hand, was like huge, like '90s hip hop. So like he'd have we listened like the the tape of like Doggy Style, like yeah, yeah. and that blew my mind being a kid seeing like these dogs like like banging on this little <laughs> mixtape. Like it was so interesting. So like I don't know. I've got I got a broad spectrum of music. Like I even like country, uh, huge on hip hop, like '90s grunge, love that kind of stuff. Even in like 2000s, like pop punk i listen to like hardcore music too yeah for sure i was into that scene through like high school or late middle school uh early middle like high school so yeah you have you have great music taste thank you so, <laughs> i want you to know you got a good palate <laughs> yeah for sure i I, I vintage scratches that same itch as music for me. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's kind of the discovery. Like I like learning shit. Like yeah. not maybe not really in school, but like when it's on my own terms and yeah. I get to do my own research about the shit. I love d- diving deep into yeah. some crazy like you know band history and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's funny, man. My mom used to say it all the time. She'd be like, "Man, you're 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 like anything you want to get into that you want to learn about, you'll learn about. But if you're not into it, <laughs> you're just not gonna pay attention." No, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm the same way, dude. I I. Thing I am finding it's like tougher now to like I don't know with the internet finding like finding out about like uh 90s like early stuff about 90s bands if you want to find find out something about like Pearl Jam what happened this year and that it's like it's pretty tough to find out like some dirt some good stories yeah. on the internet too I find that like if I'm actually talking to an individual who was like alive listening to them during that time like like their I guess perception of it or like what their knowledge of it too is like far more interesting yeah than yeah, Wikipedia than Wiki yeah Wikipedia yeah. yeah it's it's interesting though because like I um you know I, I I teach my algorithms on Instagram what I like to see and sometimes they'll deliver me like a little nugget of like Nirvana history and that I never had seen or come yeah. across before I was like whoa where did that like where did that come from yeah. you know what I mean did, 
in my in my eyes, somebody just like dug that up and threw it on Instagram like last week and got yeah. to me. But maybe that's not true. Like for me, I'm completely coming from like a you know 20 years past with all my knowledge about any of this. So this could be something that, like you said, somebody at the time knew like 100. percent Like the first thing they thought about Nirvana was like this fact, yeah. and then I find out about it, you know, 30 years later, and yeah. I'm like, oh, that's the coolest thing ever, you know? 100. Yeah. percent Yeah. We have a good friend, uh, Russ from Brass Monkey Vintage. He's down in like uh, uh, what's Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, I see. He's on uh, he's on Bruising Bids all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the best Beastie Boys collection. Of yeah. He's he's an incredible guy. And, like, um, like we used to go live with him and a few other people we're friends with, Casey, PFR, and, like, a DB Vintage guy, Seasons Kurt, and uh, he lives in Florida. But, like, Russ will tell Like, I'll show Russ a shirt, and he'll be like, at the 1989 concert, like, their guitarist, like, wore, like, this shirt. And I'm like, how the hell did you know that? <laughs> yeah, he has the best stories. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, he knows everything about like every band, and he's like, um, he's partnered with a guy who owns this record shop called Spinner's Record Shop. So okay. like, they're around music all the time. He runs like the vintage side of it. It's pretty well, cool. Wasn't he the one that told us like the Ted Nugent story about shooting the flaming arrow? No, that was me. Ah, uh, no, that was him. He told you that, and, and then, then I told, told you. That. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What did he do? What's the Ted Nugent story? Oh, Ted Nugent, like he wrote a mechanical. Uh, I don't know if it was the same concert, but there were like concerts um, where like he rode like a mechanical like buffalo. It was like the, I think I think he almost like the Great White Buffalo tour or something along those lines. Uh, don't quote me on this; I'm not perfect. But uh, yeah, he was like riding mechanical buffaloes and like shooting. He got in trouble because he was like shooting flaming arrows like across the crowd, like into the back of the uh, like back of the venue. Like the guy was completely insane. Yeah. <laughs> but like I would have never knew it. I had like a t-shirt uh, that I, I found with like Ted Nugent. Just, he was just riding a buffalo on it. That's awesome. I want to ride a buffalo. Yeah. I know. And shoot flaming arrows. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I brought a couple of pieces. So like uh, personally I think for like one of my favorite bands I think who like all their t-shirts were hits. Uh, was like the cure like from like 89 um, all the way through like up to 2000 their t-shirts I think were incredible graphic wise like they're all beautiful they all fade incredibly yeah and uh, this is my absolute favorite it's uh, the 1996 cure swing tour it's got the double box double box clown on the front you do like the album itself um, has just the one box clown on it Uh but I think the uh, I just love the double yeah for some reason too and I've had this shirt like uh, maybe shirt's three sick. times, yeah. and every time I put it up for like a price, like I don't want to get rid of it. But like everything I own, I I'll put a price on it just because like the money comes. And at the end of the day, this is like a business. You have to like make money out of it. Well, and we don't stop buying. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. And we have like it. a legit addiction. So right, right. Yeah. At some point, it's like holy shit, I'm gonna go into debt if I don't sell some of these off. I know. And then I keep buying. The second I I sell one, I'm like, oh, I, I got like 400 bucks. I know. It's like yeah. uh, the Jim Carrey like Yes Man movie. Yeah. Like, we just can't say no. <laughs> it's still so a good price. It's so bad, but like, don't take advantage of us, guys, please. <laughs> yeah. nah. I love the back too. I think the colors, the colors they use too. Yeah. Yeah. Are absolutely incredible. I mean, so this held up amazing too. I know. Yeah, it's such a good looking shirt. And like, this is a shirt I wear two, three times, two to three times a week. It's insane. I try to keep my personal like uh, selection like very small because uh-huh. like I have to wash like, every four days. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no and then sense. You gotta having, hang them all. Yeah, there's no sense having twenty t-shirts when like I'm doing wash every three or four days, and then I'm gonna same. I want to wear like my favorite three t-shirts immediately after they're done being washed. Right. Yeah. And then this was a t-shirt like I've been after forever. And uh, unfortunately, like, 
this t-shirt is expensive it's hard to get especially xls like everyone wants like two thousand dollars for them and uh i'm pretty stingy um when it comes to like what i'm going to spend on a t-shirt like i, I want to make sure i'm getting a good deal you're, you're cheap yeah i'm pretty cheap dude he, he, I mean, he hey. trade rapes me <laughs> i'm his partner dude. Bro, yeah. and not just in vintage we're in fantasy and he, he <laughs> tries to do it too yeah i try to hit him up on fantasy football get a little trade you know i'm tough to work you. with i'm not dude. someone say i'm selfish but, <laughs> you know you're evil the only person that's gonna have my back is me. The end of the day. <laughs> so, it's dark. Yeah. God, yeah. It's like sad. <laughs> this is like uh, I saw this day and I was like, "That's incredible." So it's from like 1993, yeah. prior to um, Wu Tang being signed to uh, like Loud Records too. So they put uh-huh. this merch out like themselves, uh, which I think the graphics beautiful. You have the whole crew here. I love the big W. It's a promo for the end of the Wu Tang. Yeah. And uh, the back with the huge cream hit. And I just love, uh, I think that like the Heather Gray t shirts are like some of my favorite. Besides like a faded black, Heather Gray, just perfect. I was going to say the everything. same thing. I think Heather Gray is my favorite. It's slept on. You know, most yeah. people go black Yeah. with the tees. And I, I do love my black tees, but this is my favorite color. So it was really hard for me to find this because they don't pop up uh, often. Sorry. Yeah, and like nobody an sell them. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they do, they want like 2K for them and like. I would never pay that for a tea. Right. This is the most I've ever paid for a tea. I sold a lot to get it. Um, I paid a thousand for it. It was a. It's pretty cool how it worked out. So uh, I think his name's also Justin from Defunct. Uh, Defunct. He was sort of Defunct. This is like bid stitch was out for like to the public for like three weeks, and um, I was like hitting people up about like I hit people up all the time like prior to this like just people who had them I hit them up all the time like hey are you gonna sell me yours yet yeah and uh it was like always no but they would like tell me like who they think has one that's gonna sell one and someone like pointed me in the direction of him and he had one up on bid stitch for like 15 and um I dm'd him about it and he was like uh yeah like I'll sell it to you like what what are you thinking and like at the time like bid stitch was hard to like if you sent an offer like it, it was weird it wouldn't go to their account it was go to like an email like a spam email so yeah, it was like just yeah it was, they were working out the kinks so like i was trying to work with them on the dms luckily like uh at the time he like wouldn't give me a price i was like all right let me offer him a thousand and uh i kind of felt bad offering him that because it's like i don't know well, thank God he was writing a blog post for Defunct, so he wanted to sell it for the blog post uh, to talk about his experience with Bitstitch. He's yeah. the man. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, Justin got a little, and also, a little steely. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's a steal. $1,000 um, steal. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he had it for 15 so I went on Bitstitch. But he wanted to do the oh, transaction through there because he was, like he said, he was doing, no, I paid 1000 but he yeah. was doing the, um, like, a story behind, he, they were doing a story on Bitstitch, so I just sent him the offer on there. It took, like, two days for him to, like, get the offer. He, like, like I uh, realized it was like in a spam email uh-huh. then like he was able to like click the link to go through it and like I think Bitsitch had to like approve it and then send it back to me and like I thought there might be a little back and forth with like I give him my offer he gives me something we'd be in the middle but he just like accepted it yeah and at the time <laughs> it was the like the um highest selling item or the highest priced item to sell on defunct so he was happy with that I got a tea that I love and I'm not kidding you kidding with you i will wear that tee every single day justin you should ask for more money if you see this just hit up justin i know justin hit up justin and say, i'm sorry you know what man 1300 I'm, <laughs> I'm also sorry if your name's not justin i'm so bad with names like incredibly horrible and it's probably not to go back to the story of like uh 
just me trade raping. Uh, what the hell, bro? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you bring my T-shirt? Yes. <laughs> God. So besides that, Wu Tang. This was another one that just like a one of the tees that you really want. Like, it's incredible. You don't find them often. It's in an XL, but the the Outcast Stank Love Tour. Like this tee, when he got it, I was so pissed because uh, he actually got this at East Coast for an incredible steal, and I actually showed up late to that. I had the food poisoning the night before. Yeah. And so uh, hangover. Nah, he's such a liar. Dude, my he, had the, he, had, he had the Michael Jordan flu game. Yeah, yeah. Game. Didn't, didn't text back nothing. I had to drive to New York by myself, I set know. up. Four hours later, he shows up. I did. I showed up at like noon. Dude, it was so bad. My girlfriend, like, left me. And so I was fending for myself. So I was eating, like, Chipotle and sushi, like, three days straight. Well, what That's were you all drinking? I ate. That night, I literally had two White Claws. <laughs> but I had, like, Chipotle at 5 o'clock. And then at, like, 9 o'clock, I had a ton of... And, like, when I get sushi, I get, like... Four rolls. Right, I'm we so glad. We believe you. We and I just right. think my body was poisoned, but I woke up with like two. It was, I don't want to get into that story, but uh, anyway, you got it for a good deal. And then uh, last weekend, you know, I was selling a bunch of stuff. Dakota was trying to make some sales, so I was like, "Hey, give me this for the, give me all this." I for sold that. it to you because I knew you would appreciate it. Thank you. That's why I sold it. That to means you. a lot. I didn't need the. <laughs> I made my money back. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the cool thing about getting these teas that you want is like uh you're so you're, i'm so open to selling other things now mm-hmm. so like these four t-shirts including this one are the only ones i'll ever need in my collection i don't want anything else and i'm just i'm just have add with that shit man like i i get um like i'll always appreciate some shirts but like i just want to i just want new stuff constantly mm-hmm. it's also not all about these bigger t-shirts like i have a couple other like really cool t-shirts like i have a uh Lenny Dykstra t-shirt that I got off of Casey that I absolutely love too. Like it has huge like repre- um it just like says Philly's like five or six times on the back with a big picture of him too. That's a cool one I got. I wear that one a lot. Uh, a few other ones. Uh, Joe gave me this like wrestling t-shirt from like the 1980s for like, not like WWE, like um, it was like a District 11 um, Pennsylvania like wrestling t-shirt. Like if you went to districts and I like That's wrestled cool. my whole life. So um, if you went there, you got the T-shirt, and it was like from the '80s, cool Heather Gray, and uh, so that District 11 changed to District One, and that was like the districts that like we wrestled at uh-huh. for like the postseason too. So it was like so cool seeing that T-shirt, and he just like threw it to me for free one day. So that's another one I wear. That's really cool. That reminds me of what was it like an Ithaca wrestling shirt that had blood on it? And you were like, "Yo, man, this is worth <laughs> more, dude." dude it's, oh, it was the, probably oh, it was an Iowa wrestling Iowa. from like the '80s too, and it was like dude, back in like the '80s and, and '90s Iowa. Like that college was like, they were like number one every year, going undefeated, and it had like a bunch of blood on the blood. Like the did back you sell of it? it. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's it was pretty, really cool. That's pretty fucking disgusting. Like those guys were just like, like some warrior's blood is on that. It's, it's dude. How do you know it's from wrestling? Maybe dude killed somebody and then. Yeah. You know, you don't really know where the blood. Well, if you're, I mean, if you're a big Iowa wrestling fan, I mean, that goes into a display and put it in your man cave, and then you go. True. Then you're done. You know. True. Yeah. You tell everybody that was you. Yeah. You got blood on the back from the championship match. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's. I so, also have a question. Can you hear me chewing gum? I'm so bad at podcasting. <laughs> you can't hear no, me. You're fine. I've been worried about this the whole time. If you see me staring off in the distance, I'm like, I'm screwing this up. <laughs> you guys are doing great. You guys are doing great. So I was thinking about uh, just looking at the flea. I was thinking about like some cool stuff that uh, like stories to tell. Mm-hmm. So the flea's been really easy to run, but mm-hmm. on the last one, we actually caught somebody stealing. Damn. Yeah. 
And uh, I wasn't there for the for the interaction, but like one of the vendors was like, "Hey man, I think this kid stole from me." And Justin was right there, luckily, and like grabbed him. And was like, "Let me look in your uh, backpack." And the kid was like, "What were you saying? Like 15?" He, nah, maybe like 17. But he was 17. he was like really small. Like I'd say like 80 pounds, like soaking wet. Yeah. So he had a t-shirt in his bag, right? And then Justin starts bringing him out. So I see him. I'm like, "What happened?" We bring him to the front door, and we're like, all right, man, you got to get out of here. we got to call the cops. And he's like, oh, dude, my ride's in there, man. Can I at least tell him? And we're like, first off, like, he's got to have a phone, right? Yeah, yeah. We're like, nah, man, you got to make better choices. You got to stay out here. We're going to call the cops. Dude, this kid, man, my mom and uh, Justin's mom were taking tickets at the front, and, and they saw this kid get kicked out. This kid just went and, like, sat behind my mom and, and his mom for, like, three hours. Like, four hours in shame. Yeah, just yeah. sat there in shame, but he didn't look shamed. He, it was, I don't know if he was trying to spite us, saying, like, well, I'm not. He was just, like. Just mean mugging. <laughs> Dude, I, I, like, when I really think about that, like, kid, if you're watching this, man, you might be a sociopath because, you know, he's just like, if I, like, if I got caught stealing, right, I would go around the building. I would go walk to the end of the park. It's a massive building. I go yeah, to the yeah. end of the parking lot, sit on a curb, text whoever, you know, hey, look, I'm sitting at the curb. I got caught stealing. Like, I was so embarrassed for him. Yeah. Dude, he just sat there at the front door, just yeah. miserable. Yeah, so I was the one, the vendor came up to me and he was like, hey, he just, like, grabbed the t-shirt from it, uh, from my uh, booth and I like went up to him saw that he had it in his bag he gave it back and he was like he tried to say that uh he was like I didn't steal it I, I'm gonna buy it he's like you got it and left and went like four booths down right. like right after you lifted it and uh so then he's like alright I'll buy it the guy gives him the price and I'm, at this point I'm just like alright like come on the kid's stalling and then uh he's like still trying to stall and I'm like listen dude you have an option right now. You have 10 seconds to choose. Either you leave right now or, like, I'm going to call the cops. Like, I'm not playing anymore. Right. And he was like, all right, all right, all right, I'll leave. And he was like, please don't call the cops. And, like, he's, like, trying to, like, stay. And I'm like, dude, like, you're not staying. Like, you're leaving no matter what. So, like, I'm walking him out. And he's like, uh, oh, what's he saying? He's, like, still begging me, like, uh, yeah. to try to stay there. Like, he's like, uh, can, I, can I just stay with my friends? And I'm like, dude, like, no, like, you're out. I'm like if you don't stop like I'm gonna call the cops like I'm not dealing with this and then like we walk out and like he, uh, he was like please don't call the cops I was like dude I told you if you leave I'm not gonna call yeah. the cops and I just like I was like I told him like just do make better choices in the future yeah and, make like, better choices bro I remember yeah. hearing you say that I'm like wow that's pretty that's, that's like the only part that he called he was like why don't you just tell him to make better choices <laughs> <laughs> like bro you're giving out wisdom to these guys man so what did he steal it was a Beavis and Butthead. Like, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good taste. Yes, you know? he stole. Yes. Perfect for, for stealing, too. Yeah, he probably murdered someone in that shirt. <laughs> yeah. He's a fucking sociopath, but, you know, other than that. That's crazy. Yeah, don't come back. Yeah. <laughs> if you're watching Dude, but this. it's funny. He's See like, you on Saturday, kid. He's yeah. with, like, four girls, and they saw it happen. And, like, you'd think, like, if your friend just got kicked out, like, you might hurry it up and leave. But, yeah. Like, they dude, shot. They stayed in there for four hours. And he sat outside for four hours. They were definitely like, you know what? I'm not letting this idiot screw yeah. up my time at the. Floor. Oh, who knows? He might not have been even really been invited. They might have. He might have tagged along, and they yeah, were like, yeah. oh, he stole something. Cool, we're free yeah. of him for four hours." Yeah, thank God. <laughs> I mean, we do. We 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 have people walking around the event like not in security uniforms, like looking uh -huh. to see if people steal because that's a sketchy thing, man. We 
you know, we had a lot of friends do events and get shit stolen from them. It yeah. Was the worst. Yeah. One cool thing about our event too is there's there's a decent amount of space. Like sometimes when things are really really cramped, like walkways and stuff like that, it's just so much easier for people to just rip things off racks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like bump up into somebody else's. But the way our uh, the amount of vendors we have and the setup and everything, it's really hard to steal, and that's why the kid got caught. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't I, I didn't I didn't hear of anybody having anything stolen other than yeah which we were extremely happy with too yeah that's that'd be like the worst thing somebody pays for a vendor spot and leaves a thousand dollar t-shirt yeah yeah it's tough because you might be the only one you know guarding this big space with a hundred plus t's like you know so here's a tip um and it's and it's they're the most annoying hangers in the world but me and justin like wood hangers because they look really badass but they're so bad because you can easily just rip t-shirts off Mm -hmm. the felt hangers are the way to go Mm, they take years to put a t-shirt on there and get it to sit right yeah. so you know it's an investment but, but that extra friction dude just, it's impossible yeah, it, to pull it's off. impossible yeah. to like get it to, even to put one on it it takes like two minutes it's yeah. like holy crap yeah because there's a balance too like when you're doing your setup like if you put walls on the side that's cool but then it creates like this kind of creepy little vintage cave and yeah. you know only so many people are going to shop because you don't want like like people aren't going to go into another cave when there's like people there and they're all scrunched up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, especially you do, nowadays. Yeah. You mm-hmm. do want your space to be open, but yeah, those hangers, we bought a bunch of them. Actually, we ran out of uh, hangers at one, one of our pop-ups and I was like, Justin, go get hangers. And he went and he, he got those and we just made fun of him. Like, dude, you bought the worst hangers and it takes forever. The closest, like literally the pop-up started in 10 minutes uh, and the closest store was a uh, TJ Maxx. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm going here. I yeah, threw them all out after the event. <laughs> <laughs> like, Cause you know, you have so many freaking hangers in your house. My wife hates it. And I threw them all out and now I'm like, damn, we gotta go buy some more. So you're so you're saying people shouldn't set up Grail City in their in their <laughs> vending spot and have towers of towers of vintage teas? I love I think yeah, put your put your expensive stuff up high if you want. But, <laughs> yeah. you or keep know. it on a rack in the back. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I think using those hangers is, like, one of the best things. You know, when you you go to, like, sneaker conventions back in the day when I used to go, they would have, like, off-white T-shirts in these, like, plastic bags that had, like, locks on the rack, you know, so nobody Mm -hmm. could steal them. And um, vintage is a lot more of a chill community, so people don't expect that. You know, so our shit's just out, you know, hanging. But uh, I don't know if I would want to go that far because it takes away from the experience. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but as this grows, like more shitheads are gonna like start right. coming out these events. You'll see these things more often. But yeah, but we do we do have like this event. We're gonna have like at least four or five people walking around playing clothes. So. Yeah, nice. we did yeah. plain clothes last time. We had two of them, and it's nice. Cause it's like the the surprise aspect. Like you don't know who it is. Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> grabs your arm. Yeah, Where it's my go? dad eating a pretzel with the <laughs> yeah. mustard on his shirt. <laughs> My, my dad's a retired police officer. He's he's the man. He's from New York. He's funny as hell, but, you know, he is just not capable of doing that job anymore, you know? <laughs> he's like, oh, you want me to you want me to uh, do security for the event? I'm like, you ain't going to do shit. <laughs> like, he's like, what do you need me to do? I'm like, maybe just sit at the sit at the table with my mom. Because <laughs> he's got to work the event right. He can't figure that out, you know? Nah, I'll find something for him to do. He, he loves the vintage thing. He came to the event. And uh, he was like blown away. Yeah, because you know? to him it's ridiculous, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Everything I do is ridiculous uh, with my dad because it's such a generational gap. Listening to rap when I was a kid was ridiculous, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, you know these T-shirts are ridiculous. I remember when I was opening up my gym, he was like, 
what? Are you crazy? You know, he was supportive, but it's yeah. like shocking. And it's so fun now that I'm like 34 and he, you know, here's my crazy ideas. And he's just kind of like, he doesn't even like fight him. He's just like, all right. And then he goes and sees him and he's always so, so proud of him. And it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Cause they, like his parents have saw us from the start. Yeah. Like yeah. this too. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. It's been fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the best experiences I've ever had in vintage is when my dad had his kind of collection unorganized in our garage um i was talking to my friend on the bus in high school about it and he was like yo can i come over and check out the jerseys yeah. and he came over and bought like 150 dollars worth of jerseys yeah. and then like just a flood of kids from my high school started <laughs> coming every day every day more and more kids would come into our like little tiny garage that and, is cool and i was all of them were so confused and like intrigued by all the stuff you know what i mean and just some of them were just coming in because other kids they knew were coming in you know what i mean but i was like that experience of like showing people a world that they didn't know at all is very very cool when it's like oh your dad is collecting them number one the fact that my dad is you know only 39 years older at the time he was like 36 was was crazy for me was crazy for kids thinking like oh how is he your dad but like then him also collecting all this cool stuff to like yeah give to like show to people is like yeah you know. i mean i think it's cool that he's younger because you could connect on things yeah for sure you know yeah actually just thinking about like that i remember uh, i just found these one of my buddies had the link somehow i used to do back when i was in high school i used to do rap battles online uh-huh. right and so i had like a little recording studio in my room and uh we were listening to him and it was the most fucked up rap battles. <laughs> he's like i'll make you suck my dick you know and uh I think about it now when I was just listening to him. I was like, dude, I was in my room. My parents' room's right across the hall, and I would record at, like, 10 at night, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I got to give my dad more props for him laying in bed, and all he hears is his son in the room, like, rapping. Can't even hear the beat because I had the headphones Just on. disappointment. I'm, like, I'm going to make you suck my dick, you know? Spitting hard yeah. metaphors and shit. This is what I brought into the world. Dude, he was, he was probably so disappointed at that time. Like, I realize now why he's surprise and and stuff because yeah. dude i must have been a if that must have been disappointing for him, <laughs> yeah. but i was a good battler you know yeah do you got anything anything for us now no no <laughs> no i mean sean can pull up a pull up a sweet beat for you bro some of them though you know things back in like 2001 were that were able to be said is like uh they would not be good. oh for sure they would not be pc for now sure. you know for sure, Eminem's early career and rap exactly. battling is not yeah. is not TV friendly. <laughs> exactly. So definitely don't bring those up or search for me on the internet. You know, people will be like, "What's wrong with this dude?" Out of context, thirty years later. Uh, you know, that's so funny. Years, but, Absolutely. Yeah. You're getting like escorted out of Grandparents' Day when you're 80 <laughs> in like 2060. For something you uh, tweeted. And- I think that's going to be so great for the future generations, though, seeing our whole lives online. Like, seeing, like, pictures of, like, great-grandparents when they were, like, in the 20s and stuff is really cool. Mm -hmm. But to, like, see videos and, like, a podcast of, like, a great-grandfather, that's going to be insane. Way more relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you see a picture of your grandparents on their wedding day, and it's black and white, Mm -hmm. and it's, like... Is that even real? Is that, yeah. You can't even picture it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's tough to, like, uh, extend that olive branch and, like, really get to know them. You yeah. You know what I mean? Like, on a personal level more than just them being your grandparent. And for most, for, for like, the last couple of decades, the only way you would get to do that is if your your grandparent was famous. Yeah. Like, yeah. if there were interviews of them on, like, you know, TV and stuff like that. But yeah. nowadays, everybody can do a podcast, can make YouTube videos. Yeah. Like, 
it's way more accessible now. Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be really cool. Dude, that was a big thing when I was a kid with Saving Private Ryan because prior to that movie, a lot... There, war movies now have evolved because of that, but prior... Uh, like, I mean, it was like John Wayne. It was mm-hmm. fake war. Right, shit, You know, right. it was all hype. And I remember being in Disney and my parents... Uh, <laughs> took us to go see uh, my mom says we went to go see Saving Private Ryan and like right in the beginning the D-Day scene is so intense and my mom was like I was looking around and people were like what is wrong with this lady bringing the kids to this but <laughs> it was so different at the time you know yeah. and and now you could you watch that and you can relate yeah but, you know you watch all John Wayne movies you're like this, this isn't even real life I know yeah yeah, I, I that's agree. so true. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, my parents showed me the Evil Dead too, mm-hmm. and uh, like, and they they were telling me like when that came out, like everyone was completely horrified of it, mm-hmm. and I was still like young, so like newer scary movies were like terrifying me, but like, I remember seeing that and I was like, this is funny. I was like, you guys are weak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is funny. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can't wait though for my grandkids to like click on my sound click. Like, I'll make you suck. Dog. <laughs> Grandpa, you told that dude that you were going to make him suck your dick. <laughs> yeah, man. For sure. That's amazing. All right. Um, let's let's switch gears and let's talk about uh, let's talk about October 23rd. So I got my tickets already. Cool. Me and my dad yeah. and Sean hopefully will be there um, to see everybody. I'm really excited. We're look, we're, we were looking at, our, uh, at your list of vendors earlier and... Um, you know, I recognize almost every name from our first season of what we do on there, which is great to see that a Philly vintage flea has a lot of our Philly vintage faces there. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of other great names, past to present, I see on there. Um, Sean, can you zoom in a little bit on that so we can see a little bit better? Um, yeah, I think it's a pure Philly um, event, which is uh, um, which really hypes us up. So yeah, we did have somebody say that it's not in Philly, and we call it the Philly Vintage Flea. But uh, oh, I I saw that. That's yeah. And I I'll go on record right now. That's yeah. fucking dumb as shit. Yeah, don't say that. <laughs> Pay for the expo it's, center. It's also Philly. well within the Philadelphia greater area. <laughs> stop being a Philadelphia County elitist. Yeah. Like stop it. Yeah, give us money for the expo center in Philly. <laughs> right, we'll have it Son there. Of a bitch. Yeah, you, you pay for everybody's parking in Philly too, and yeah. we'll talk. Yeah, this is. I mean, dude, this is for the community, and and this community is. And I say this all the time: the Philly vintage community is the best community out there. I mean, we've we've no hating on anybody else. You know, we're allowed to say this as we're from Philly. We should be proud of where we're from. But this community is unbelievable from the start everybody's been so friendly and we mm-hmm. just keep making more friends and I, honestly I've, I've vended so many places so many huge events and I've never had as much fun as I do with the homies in Philly never yeah, it's sure. the best community and most supportive community um, everybody works together everybody gets along for the most part we're still human but um, I'm telling you man people sleep on Philly they have no the taste the vintage taste is a hell of a lot better in Philly too than other places and uh, yeah man I, I I love the fact that we can get together and do it like just Philly yeah it says a lot about this the, the, the area too just the people yeah. in general just yeah. super down to earth like you said everyone's been extremely friendly friendly everyone gets along with each other like you yeah. don't see that anywhere else like every you go to LA and it's like a war zone yeah no one's talking to each other yeah, it's it's. I think it's so spoiled by so many other things too. Like LA's got like so much shit going on. They got celebrity culture and like movies and like mm-hmm. all. They got so much other shit going on that I think like kind of spoils the pot a little bit for vintage, where people get in yeah. for certain things. Yeah, yeah. I think like it's so interesting to me that people want to be um, 
like the cool guy in vintage more than they care about like the t-shirts yeah um and i mean that's just the nature of humans you know but i have to say that in philly i don't see a lot of that man it's like it, it, the way that we kind of seem to operate in philadelphia is like look we we all share the same love of like vintage which is you know it's growing but it's still pretty weird and we're like the people that are really really into it and yeah because of that we're all in the same club and we're like family and uh to me it's just like the most real most it's just the best yeah and as as much as like we're all doing the same thing selling vintage clothing so there is that level of competition we're, we're within the same sure. market but like uh it's like everyone knows that like we're growing this thing together yeah like we're still early like as this grows we're all gonna do better and we can all like feed off each other we can all help each other out like yeah, absolutely. I think there's so much more power in communicating with everybody else than there is with like standing behind, you know, yeah. your your screen and, and just pretending that you know everything and everybody else knows nothing and you're the, yeah. the main authority on vintage. I think that's one of the things I hope with the show that we can I can hope to continue to contribute to that community that we have in Philadelphia because like to me, I always think that sharing the stories, talking about the clothes, I think that's good for everybody's business and for their enjoyment you oh, know what yeah I mean? and it's like you're pulling back the curtains yeah you know what i mean yeah These absolutely show everything they're not open about everything yeah it's impossible to be when you can pull back the curtains and see like yeah yeah i mean there's no elitism either no which is crazy i mean so we were talking about it before the show one of our best friends casey rare vintage i mean the guy is a og of vintage he has a million followers the, the guy well not a million but you know, <laughs> you know what i mean compared to us <laughs> and uh you know from the day one when we met casey he's been been so chill with us and every single person in the philly vintage oh, game for sure. the ogs have all been that way yeah. yeah and uh that's special and i think that's another reason why this thing keeps growing and we're gonna do the same yeah thing. so a lot of individuals who came to like our first uh first ever flea we did uh with like the 13 vendors like they were all ogs didn't know us uh casey was kind of like the olive branch that extended out to them we were like no like these guys are legit like you should come out to us he kind of like uh and then i guess their word was good enough they showed out and like mm -hmm. it was so cool to see is like our next event those original 13 were there and we yeah had another 13 and then we moved to the convention center it's the like i think 25 of the 26 came with us to the next one and then we grew with we had another 40 50 vendors on yeah. top of that too. yeah and then if you look at this one too at least seven 80 percent of the vendors we have at this one vented at the last one so it's like so yeah. cool to see that retention yeah absolutely and that list is like maybe not in the instagram like uh vintage fame world but when i look at that list it's like literally all good it's all the homies it's yeah. unbelievable well and one of the things i just, i talked about all the people who were on that i know but like one of the exciting things about it is that I don't know a lot of those names. There's some, <laughs> which is like very exciting for me because like so anybody who's at the event on on Saturday, look for the guy wearing this shirt because I'm gonna be walking around. So I want to meet everybody. I want to talk to you guys because um, there's so many names on there that I that I've I haven't seen or you know what I probably have. I've probably seen a ton of shirts from all these guys mm -hmm. and I don't remember your your handles or whatever. But like I, I want to meet you guys in person. So yeah. if you see me walking around or you see Sean's ugly ass. Um, stop us. Yeah. And I'll have a fat person. Yeah. They'll have a t-shirt in their backpack that Beavis and Butthead would have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will be stealing that. Hey, man, just make better, make better choices. <laughs> make better choices, bro. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's awesome, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Dude, thank you for having us. Yeah, this has been awesome. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to promote? Obviously, the flea. Pretty much it. Just man. do better, guys. Yeah, just <laughs> make better choices. Make better choices. Um, so people can buy tickets by going on to uh, the Philly Vintage Flea page or the Juicebox page, right? Mm -hmm. And clicking the link? Yep. 
Um, and uh, yeah, the event is October 23rd. That's Saturday. Uh, ne- not this Saturday, next Saturday. Um, if you're watching the not live version of this show, that'll be the upcoming Saturday um, at the Oaks PA Philly Greater yeah. Convention Center. Yep. And uh, one thing I did forget, um, Early Bird's going to sell out soon, so make sure you get your tickets. Um, we bumped it up to 300 and it's almost sold out, and um, it's going to go soon. So don't wait. All awesome. Right. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for being on, guys. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for listening, guys. I yeah, no problem. It. Oh, make sure to like, comment, and ring that bell so you get notifications when we go live next time. Um, see you guys later. Bye-bye. Sure.